For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 401 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Wee, wee, Tihan, my dude. How you been, buddy? Oh, I've been all right. Man, can I say how delighted I've been with our ability to, to get down on some Fortnite together lately? Bright? It's been good. Shaking the dust off. And I feel like the new Star Wars event has, you know, definitely helped, right? Like, just because, listen, we, we'll play Fortnite when there's not a Star Wars event going on. But when there is one going on, especially when it's good, which it always is, um, yeah. it just makes it even better. So yeah. it's been delightful. The, new, the newest Star Wars event, the, the force powers that they introduced are insane. Like the the new skins, so they added what Anakin, Padme, Clone Trooper mm-hmm. with a bunch of different, you know, decos for the Clone Clone Trooper armor and Darth Maul. All look crazy good, like and on point. So yeah, it's just a good time. I'm kind of amazed that I don't have more negativity for Fortnite. If that makes any sense, right? Like, and kind of the disdain I had for it before I played with it, kind of going into it. Um, it's frustrating that there's not more that I can point to being like, oh, this is kind of shitty. The only thing that comes to mind is, you know, my man not being able to buy the Mandalorian skin, right? Yeah, like the hyper exclusivity of certain skins. Yeah. Like the only thing I, the only complaints I have are two complaints that are silly because it's situations where it's like hey man let me give you money for this and one is yeah just toss the mando with the baby yoda back bling and shit up on the store so i can buy that please please Mm -hmm. and secondly put cammy from street fighter back on the store please so i can buy that please that's it and you know i mean if nothing else he may come back when the next season of the mandalorian comes out i mean they just finished up a season you know what I mean? They could have done it mm-hmm. then. I, it just seems like... Any, I know. I mean, I, yeah. Any of those skins that were uh, 
part of like one of their special events where you had to earn them kind of like Darth Maul is right now. Right. They don't bring back for purchase. It seems. Um, Now, I guess attempt at something. Look, we got to have something try to get people to come play. And, and it's funny that you mention right. The sort of preconceived negativity about Fortnite before playing it. Because mm-hmm. I definitely had that. I'm not going to try to act like a dick. I just thought it was very childish. Like, yeah, like I, you know, anybody that's been listening to the show knows that we talked probably some mad shit about Fortnite before we started playing. I don't know that we did. I, well, probably. I mean, it's four. I know I probably did. There's 401 episodes. But time and time again, if there's a game that's really popular and I see it and I go, um, that looks like it's a little goofy or not for me. A perfect example, Minecraft, right? I always saw Minecraft, and I was like, I don't get the appeal. I don't think it would be for me. And I tried out Minecraft, and I was like, oh, shit, I get it, right? I think mm-hmm. we just got to be a little less pre-judgy before playing it. Now, if you play it and mm-hmm. it's not for you, that's a different story, right? Yeah, which has happened plenty of times. Certainly. Um, so, listen, uh, go to blueharvest.rocks for all your Blue Harvest needs or myweirdfoot.com. Got links to all our social medias, Twitter and Instagram, Twitch, where I've been streaming four out of seven days a week, if not more, since like October. Please come hang out on stream. It's a good time. We I was just mm-hmm. goofing around with Steve and Jeff right before we started recording this, talking about making jokes about Mandalorian season three and start, it just it's a good time. Come hang out. Friday and Saturdays, a lot of times Will shows up. It's and, and we're just goofy and having a good time. Playing you all were kinds cracking of me games. up the other day. Yeah, I, I got I you good with that bit. Dude, um, you were cracking me up. That shit was hilarious. Um, so uh, that's twitch.tv slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You'll also find a link to our Patreon where you get uh, immediate access to each episode every week. You get early access with no ads. If there ever are ads on a Blue Harvest episode, they're ad-free on Patreon. You get all the bonus Big shout podcasts. out to yeah, all the Patreon patrons. Yeah, thank you guys. You, guys. The best. Um, you get access to all the bonus shows. You get access to the Discord, which we have a public um, part of the Discord, and we also have a private uh, Patreon only part of the Discord, um, and all kinds of stuff. I just posted a chat Steele and I had today about some of the star wars news that happened this week um on the patreon so you guys can check it out there the uh, cool thing because it's an active community it is you know like every time you look in there there's something being posted the discord and every you know there's a lot of people doing a lot of stuff and that's so awesome that we have the ability to hang out together with our friends online yeah and uh thanks for listening thanks for being part of the discord and the patreon the more regular patreon post will be resuming next week meaning like you know sort of the bonus exclusive shows um Mm -hmm. i have a new one that i'm going to be debuting next week um you guys will have to stay tuned to see what that is (laughs) and uh king tom and i are going to link up soon to talk about jedi fallen order a little bit for the patreon but he is having a hell of a time with that game because of the rough state it is on PC, especially when it comes to certain oh, no. hardware configurations and stuff. So I'm hoping the latest patch helped or will help him with that. 
um, so we can talk about it. Uh, but that's patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast. Big shout out to all our patrons. So buddy, <clears throat> we got a couple of things I want to hit here at the start, right? This is what mm -hmm. I, this is the lore Santec of this will begin to make things right section of the show. We gotta, we gotta listen to Jacob's Bigfoot, uh, voicemail right here at the top, not even in the voicemail and email spot because obviously if you heard episode 400 you know how that went on the live stream i got to make it right but more importantly than that no, you know no disrespect to jacob of course i want to give a shout out to our good buddy mr sal Perales, whose birthday was this past week um mm. and dude speaking, happy birthday speaking of his birthday so I saw they he he's his family the Rogue Rebels they have like a TikTok right and I saw right. that in honor of her dad's birthday his daughter Lizzie made one of his favorite meals from the Freddie Prince Jr. cookbook right mm -hmm. and I was like holy shit if there's ever some content that Will needs to see on the podcast it's somewhat Star Wars related cooking content do you want to check these out this with is me it. There's a couple. Yeah, of them. absolutely. And and so his daughter, Lizzie, she's in culinary school. Um, mm -hmm. And she's also apparently a fan of cooking with Will, by the way. Um, oh my goodness. So let's check it. She, they've done two birthday videos. So, or two, not birthday, two recipe videos she has. So let's check them both out. You want to see these? Yeah. Hey, everybody. And welcome it? to the Rogue Rebels yeah, I can. cooking Good. series. I'm Lizzie Perales, and I will be your cook during the series. I will be making every recipe in the Freddie Prince Jr. cookbook back in the Freddie Prince Jr. If you don't know Freddie Prince Jr., you may know him from some movies like the live-action Scooby-Doo, She's All That, and a bunch of other classics. Or if you're like us, you know him from being Kane and Jarrus from Star Wars Rebels. Today we will be cooking green eggs and ham. This is honestly mm. one of my favorite recipes. If you followed the cooking blog back when I was in middle school or high school, you know that I attempted to do this, but... High school got tough, things got tough, and I wasn't able to finish them. I'm currently in college, culinary school, and I thought it would be a cool project for me as a culinary oh student and to also work on things like recording food videos and all that. But the goal is to finish them by graduation, which is in about three months. If you're new here, we are the Rogue Rebels family. Mm -hmm. We do Star Wars costuming for charity, and I've been doing that. Well, we've been doing that for Love since I was over years old, flame. which is a very long time. Before Star Wars Rebels came out, we thought to ourselves, that looks like our family. So, of course, we dressed up as them. And this just opened the door to so many opportunities and friendships, and it's just been an amazing journey since then. I love this cookbook. My whole family loves it. I've loved cooking since I was young, so having a combination of thinking that Kanan Jarrus made this cookbook. This is, it, it's just so cool. It, it blows my mind. Um which is why I love it, you know, other than it also being just absolutely delicious. If you want to check out Freddie Prince Jr.'s cookbook, it's on Amazon. If you want to read the quick, like, food blogs I write about these recipes, um, you can find it at therogrebels.com. You can also read my old ones when I was little if you wanted to. I won't be too embarrassed. But, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, uh, and I hope you like this series. That's an interesting. Hey everybody, and oh. welcome to the rogue. It's an interesting preparation for eggs, huh? With the rest of peppers and 
It is, yeah. It is cool. All right, and this next one is uh, tomato soup and fancy grilled cheese. Now, I this is the one I saw because it was is for Sal's birthday. The, both of these are fancy. Look at those fancy shows. You ready, Will? Hey, everybody, and welcome uh -huh. back to the Rogue Rebels cooking series. Big shout out to my dad. It is May 7th, and happy birthday, Dad. So, while I'm not home, here is one of my dad's favorite recipes from the Freddie Prince Jr.'s cookbook. It's a fancy grilled cheese sandwich and mom's the best tomato soup. This is the only tomato soup I've had uh, until I got into culinary college where I was surprised that tomato soup usually has cream in it. This is the tomato soup I grew up eating. It literally just has bell peppers, tomatoes, fennel, uh, some water and seasonings of course and you put it all together and you let it cook for a while. And while that's cooking, we'll be making our grilled cheeses. Now this is a grilled cheese that you don't have too often because of course it's fancy and therefore it requires fancy cheese like Gruyere. Um, it's a really, really good cheese and it melts really, really nice, but you know, it's a little, it's a little expensive. <laughs> the first time that I made these grilled cheeses, it took my dad so long to find hollow bread. I don't know why, but it took him like all day and it was like an hour away from home to find this. But anyway, so we have it. It is nice and golden brown. We take a slice. I just kept pulling it because I just love the cheese pulls. I did have help making it nice and smooth, but when I would be at home, um, I would, you know, only puree some of it and then leave the chunks in. It was also just good like that, but this smooth consistency was also really nice. And there you have it. So happy birthday to my dad. And here's some more of me pulling it uh, because I really like to see the cheese pulls, of course. <laughs> have a nice day, everyone. Hey, oh, that's perfect. Dude. That's absolutely perfect. And it, it's just delightful. I know I throw that around. What's impressive is she's got the skills to pay the bills. Oh, yeah. Like, no, she may in... be in culinary school, but she, this, this woman knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If any of you guys want to check out the, the cooking series or any of the other stuff they put up on their TikTok, it's the Rogue Rebels on TikTok. I'm not much of a TikToker, buddy. I'm a, maybe, I think I'm a little, you know, I think I'm a little, that's a little, I don't even, I don't, I think I'm too, I'm an old man. I don't know, man. My favorite mm -hmm. part of that second one is the story she tells about um, Sal going around looking for challah bread. And I just in my mind love the mental image of this dude just driving all over the place trying to find challah bread for this recipe like, do you guys have challah bread that's crazy mm -hmm. no what's what's no. challah bread what's no, that we do not. fuck oh shit well i gotta go somewhere else it takes him hours that man probably burned up some gasoline looking for that uh-huh he sure enough did <laughs> so i thought but uh, you know what I bet it was worth it. Oh, I saw that grilled cheese. For sure it was worth right. it. Um, I just thought, you might be interested in that. You know, tie it in with the... I think that was amazing. Yeah. I think that was absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see what else the Videos does. are well done. Mm -hmm. and everything else is well produced. Like, the culinary part is on point. And even perhaps beyond my ability. I, you know, I never went to culinary school. I, I am, you know, she'll surpass my skills, if not already. Man. Well, okay. So now, as Lore Santeca said, this will begin to make things right. Let's take a, let's take a trip to the Bigfoot pro conference, buddy. We got to do it. You know, we got to do it. I can't I wait. I wish that there was some crazy conference in Birmingham or Tupelo. I'd we'd go. Oh my God! You think Jacob would come and go to the Mississippi or Alabama Bigfoot conference? 
big it yeah we maybe. never get cool ass bigfoot sightings down here though when's the last time you heard somebody in mississippi or alabama say like damn bro i saw the sasquatch never never well you know we don't really talk to the people tracing through the woods i bet somebody that goose knows or maybe even goose himself got a big old skunk ape sasquatch yeti uh Dude. bigfoot story I'm I'm gonna go be seeing I'm gonna go see them here. Um, I think the next chance I'm gonna have is on July the fourth, because I'll I'll have that day off from work surprisingly, and I'm planning on driving over to see. It. You best bet as soon as I pull up, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, Goose, you ever seen the Sasquatch?" I'm All telling time. you, I because I lived on land with a lot of woods, like there are creepy things in the woods. Like it, and your mind is very powerful, and it may turn some of those creepy things into your mind is otherworldly elements. Um, but there are creepy things in the woods at night. Like, do not do not get twisted. Like, like oh, oh the woods are a peaceful place at night. Like, <laughs> mm, for predators, maybe yeah. Oh but prey is not uh, all right. Not peaceful at night. Well, let's hear Jacob in the woods. What is going on, Haas and Will? I uh, just attended this past weekend the annual Nebraska Bigfoot Conference that we have here. And I wanted to give you guys the Blue Harvest exclusive report slash thoughts from myself, Jacobo Wizardo. And, uh... They've been having this uh, Bigfoot conference for about six to seven years now. Canceled one of the years because of COVID. And uh, it was all started by this little redheaded old lady that decided to convert part of her house into a Bigfoot museum. And uh, she actually lives right in the middle of the state in a town called Hastings, which is odd because there are there aren't very many uh, forests or very many trees around that area, mainly just a lot of flat farmland. So she started this Bigfoot conference, and uh, I've been to it every single year since it began. And it's almost like going to Bigfoot school or kind of a bizarre work seminar. And uh, it starts every year, not even kidding. They do a Pledge of Allegiance. And then it's a series of uh, lectures, usually about five lectures to fill up the day. You get a designated lunch break. And, you know, there's all sorts of weird merch tables just kind of around this big old... They do it in the city auditorium, even. They get city grant money to put on this Nebraska Bigfoot conference, which is crazy. So, you know, a t-shirt, a couple of beer koozies to the add to the old Bigfoot collection. I got, I've gotten some better, uh, merch, um, in the past. This year, the merch was just kind of all right. So, uh, there was a lot of, you know, people that sounded like Boomhauer from King of the Hill, if you know what I'm saying, giving their lectures. Yeah, yeah, down them. Yeah, that Bigfoot. Made that big, Bigfoot scratcher right there, ma'am. 
you know, so some of those people were okay speakers, you know, some were better than others. A lot of pictures of tree structures and, uh, you know, far off distance pictures of looking through some foliage, you know, being like, yeah, that could be a Bigfoot face right behind some leaves there. And, you know, it could just be a case of pareidolia where you just see uh, faces, faces within things that, you know, aren't actually there. It's just our brains filling in the gap. So, you know, it was a fairly flush and blood uh, Bigfoot conference this year until got to the final speaker of the day. And this lady, she starts off her talk by going, I've had telepathic communication with Bigfoot oh, since I was four years old. So, oh my goodness. You knew what oh, kind of a goodness. lecture slash presentation you were in there. It's filled with alien abductions, the there Bigfoot being star people from, you know, another galaxy, uh, mm. dogman, werewolves even. Whew. And, you know, basically the... Uh, takeaway from there is uh, the Bigfoots tell her we need to cooperate more. Be a uh, better better to our tribe, essentially. And, uh, you know, it's it's a crazy event. You know, one of the people earlier had a, you know, picture of a supposed Bigfoot footprint and um, instead of using a tape measure or uh, something uh, for size comparison in the picture, you know, he uh, just laid down his 44 Magnum gun because we all know the exact size and specifications of those, apparently. And he even laid down a dollar bill next to a footprint because, you know, that all makes so sort of sense. So, uh, yeah, that's my uh, report from the Bigfoot conference this year. And I'll leave you guys with the question. If Bigfoot exists, what do you think he is? A... A flesh and blood, you know, relic hominid that has just invaded us in the forest all these years. B, a ghost of the woods. Because essentially a lot of Bigfoot and poltergeist activity is, uh, there's a lot of common ground there. So Bigfoot could be a ghost. C, is he an alien uh, thing from another planet brought by UFOs, etc. Or D, do you think it is some sort of just spirit creature for, that shares, you know, you know, the veil of the dimension is thin in the woods, so sometimes a Bigfoot might be able to come in and out. It has it some sort of mystical properties. So uh, let me know what you guys think, and I'll check you later. Ooh. 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 Man, I want to go deep. I want to go to a Bigfoot conference real bad. Me man. too. So, it listen, if Bigfoot does exist, and by the way, I hope he does. Like there's nothing I want more <coughs> than for Bigfoot to exist. Well, there's right. there's things I want more. That's a that's hyperbole, but I would be so excited if Bigfoot really existed. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, if Bigfoot does exist, I think the most logical 
explanation is the first one, right? He's a he's like a, a humanoid, you know, pre, you know, man. something akin similar to an Australopithecus, right? Something like that. You know what I mean? The missing link, like you know, that there's probably not a whole lot of, right? That you know, it's it's good at evading people. Um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't imagine it has like human level intelligence, but I think it's probably more intelligent than like a duck. I don't know. It's intelligent enough to evade anything that has ever come looking for it. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know, buddy. That's I, okay. Right. Like most likely scenario, it's biological in nature it lives in the most remote of the most remote mm -hmm. places left but so many sightings happen outside of that area mm -hmm. um there we have yet to have physical evidence no 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 hair no fur no blood no teeth no no dead skeletons mm -hmm. you know it, it you know in, unless they do a elephant graveyard thing and they all die in one specific sacred spot. Like you would think you would recover, you know, some sort of skeletal remains at some point. Right. Um, like I want it to be the mystical definition. Like I want it to be, uh, like he said, the, the a veil is thin in the forest, right? Like, yeah. and there's not much of the old world left and mm, things bleed over from the fey world into right. our, like, oh, well, that's very mystical. That's fun. Um, is it, uh, is it some sort of crypto humanoid? Is it genetically modified from somewhere else? I, you know, unlikely. But fun, fun to think about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I had an encounter today, buddy. Not with a Bigfoot. I don't want to, you know, listen, I'm not trying to say I was that lucky. <clears throat> but I went and ran some errands today. And when I came home, I had a new friend waiting for me on my front step. And this is not a bit, right? I, I took a picture to show you. This is who I came home to hanging out on my front step. Look at how cool this guy is. Oh, wow. So people can't see. He it's... seems like he must have lost his tail yep. at some point. But do you see it's growing back? You could sort of see yeah, the nub where it's growing back. So apparently. I see the little nubby nub. I showed this on stream and was informed that this is a, a species of lizard known as a skink. I didn't know if it was a lizard a or a. Um, what's the other thing I'm thinking of? The, not a gecko lizard, not a gecko geckos type of lizard uh oh, okay what are the things they're they're typically in water they're like a little they're like little moist lizards what am, why can't i think of what they're called they're axolotls an, no not a, definitely oh dude an axolotl would be cool no moist salamander. salamander salamander i didn't know if this was a lizard or a salamander apparently it's okay. more like a lizard but look how cool he is he's like black yeah. with gold stripes and yeah. by the way Super friendly. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I was able to get this close to take a picture of him. He was just sitting on my front step. He walked up to me and sort of checked me out. I didn't touch him only because I don't think you're really supposed to handle 
salamanders i think like the dryness of your skin can dry them out and it's like not yeah. good for them so i didn't want to mess with you them. also don't want to swap bacteria with that guy oh i don't care about that i'll wash my hands that is not the well, concern i didn't want to hurt him right that would be my concern yeah. so i didn't pick him up but he came and checked me out and then like when i was getting my chair up on the step to come to the house he didn't run away he casually walked away just mm. jumped off the step he said, I can tell you're cool, man. Yeah. You're cool. You're cool. Yeah. This is what I'm telling you, man. I've got a connection with creatures. Well, that I won't deny. And I'm telling you. I like the scaly, the, the tiny black yeah, scales. Right. And then the white racing stripes. They, they, well, they're actually. But the front of gold. his head kind of look. Oh, are they gold? Mm -hmm. The front of his head kind of looks snake like. But yeah. it's a real thick neck that gives into a real thick body. Yeah. I like this, dude. I hope Whole I keep skink. seeing him. I'm going to I'm gonna be friends with him. I might pick him up next time. Black and white. That's skunk. Skunk the skink. Um, so, buddy, we don't have any huge Star Wars news, but there's like little bits and pieces out there that are pretty interesting, right? So, really? Yeah. Empire Magazine had some Star Wars coverage in their most recent issue that was released this week. So I wanted to run through some of that. Then we'll sort of just briefly talk about the remaining four vision shorts that we didn't talk about last week. Um, but so Kathleen Kennedy had some updates on Star Wars in general, right? So this is what she had to say about the Ray movie that's coming up. The First Order has fallen. The Jedi are in chaos. There's even a question of how many exist anymore. In Ray's building the new Jedi Order based on the text that she was given and that Luke imparted on her. So, I mean, does this open up any huge information? No, it just kind of affirms what we would have expected from this movie. The premise we were assuming. Yeah. Interesting that she says that the Jedi are in chaos. There's even a question of how many exist anymore. You know, like... In the sequel trilogy, much like in the original trilogy, it's very, the way it's presented is very, it's just Luke. And then now it's Ray and Finn, right, by the end of the sequel trilogy. I have a feeling that one way they might go with this movie, with it being set 15 years after Rise of Skywalker, obviously, I think Ray will have some students that are younger, right? Um as part of her Jedi temple. I also wouldn't be surprised if there's some instances of either force sensitive people or, or former Jedi who have now come out of hiding after, you know, the defeat of the first order and have joined up with Ray, right? Like, you know, if you watch the original trilogy, you're like, Oh, it's Obi-Wan Yoda, Darth Vader. You know what I mean? Those are the only Jedi quote unquote, even though Darth Vader is mm -hmm. a Sith. And then Palpatine. Um, but, you know, as you get further into Star Wars, you're like, oh, no, there's tons of these motherfuckers around. Kanan, Jarrus, fucking Cal Kestis. Uh, the list goes on and on. Those are just two that popped into my head. Ahsoka. Um, I, I do think there's a at least a possibility, right, that, you know, maybe... I was going to say, do you think Din Grogu will make it into this movie? I think that is a... That is... I think it is a very good question and it's it's the right way to think, right? My question about it is, so if you want my 100% honest opinion, I don't know that they'll be able to help themselves. 
right? I, I was about to say, I, I think more people would be like, why did you not put him in there if you chose not to? <clears throat> My only question is, now obviously, I don't think by the time this whole Mandoverse stuff is wrapped up with the Filoni movie that anything will happen to Grogu. Like, I think he no. makes it out alive. Right. But I don't know. I, I kind of would prefer that they don't start putting Grogu into stuff after, you know, post-sequel post, post sequel trilogy until after his story is wrapped up in the Mando stuff. I don't think they'll be able to help themselves with it. So do I think so? I think it's very likely, right? To me... Once again, I don't think that you kill him off. I, I, I would n never, no. ever think that. But I also... You either keep him on his Mandalorian way or you lead him towards the Jedi. You know, the thing about his life being so long, the character's life has a long time that he can still come around to being a Jedi. Right. And even at that point, you know, 15 years post... Well, yeah. Episode I mean, 10, like, that's still quite a time jump from Mando to there anyway. Yeah, like, it's, it's, that's like damn near 50 years of being a Mandalorian, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, what, so I, I'm bad at the, the post-Return of the Jedi timeline stuff. Let's just say, for ease, that the Filoni movie wraps up things 10 years after Return of the Jedi. That would leave another 20 years or so until the force awakens right mm -hmm. and then force awakens last jedi they take place back to back and then there's a year in between uh force awakens or last jedi and rise of skywalker so then you're looking at 21 years post filoni movie and then 15 years on top of that 36 years yeah the thing but do you see what i'm saying like let them wrap up the story they want to tell with that character in the property he was introduced before spinning him off into other ones i don't think mm -hmm. they'll be able to keep to like hold back from doing it though so i think there's a very likely chance that he's in it they may keep the two things separate he may stay on his mandalorian way until he's ready to come in the next movie and that's, raise now see that that's what i would prefer right like let's say you know the Filoni movie ends with him on Mandalore with Din. He's he's fully in on being a Mandalorian. Grogu is. And then, you know, a little down the road when they do the next movie after the Ray movie in the timeline, then bring in Grogu. Right? Like at some point you Deus Ex Machina uh you know, a, a Mandalorian Yoda, you know, a Mandalorian Grogu, you know, like he yeah. shows up, saves somebody's ass. Yeah. And you're like, oh, is this Grogu? And sure enough, it's Grogu. Like, and then all she, grown up and Mandalorian. She, she had this to say about Ryan Johnson. It's the same that we've been hearing, right? It just kind of affirms that in her mind, at least, it's still an option. Ryan and I talk all the time. He's just, he just keeps getting more and more successful and it keeps moving things back further and further. One day we'll figure this out. Listen. All right. Cool. Once again. That's I, what I want to hear. I, I want to hear yeah. that he's still going to make the Star Wars art. I don't care if it's 20 years from now. Yeah. Like, that's I just want to hear that he's still going to make this. I've always said that they let you know when something's not happening anymore, and they've never said that. Will it ever happen? That's still a question. But it sounds like the involved parties are still interested based on everything we've heard right um then uh, uh speaking about taika's star wars movie 
She says, Taika is working away. He's just, and he won't get mad at me for saying this, slow. We've got a couple of acts. We need a third. So, once again, you know, mm-hmm. work's being done. Um, I think Taika feels a lot of pressure after Thor. I don't um, know. You know. I don't know. Because... I get. I think it's a lot of pressure dealing with properties. You know, the when you have to deal in what people expect of a hero character, like I think that's hard. I think that's difficult for anybody, any writer. You know, like how do you approach these things? But he seems to have done well in every opportunity he's been given. So I'm excited to see a Star Wars movie. Um, <clears throat> Lando and Rogue Squadron. Lando is still on the books and Rogue Squadron is still on the books. We just want them to be great. Good. All right, cool. Rogue Squadron. <laughs> is that Patty Jenkins? Joel? Yeah, yeah, that's hers. I mean, you know, when they were talking about it at um, Celebration and she said, and I think this is the most telling thing, when she said, we're just trying to decide if it's going to be a movie or a series. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's going to be a a series. That, to me, 100% tells you everything you need to know. Um, And then there was some cool updates about Acolyte, right? Where they kind of went through each of the announced cast members. So, like, Charlie Bennett is a Jedi Knight. Daphne Keene is a half-alien, half-human, bi-species Jedi. Um, The alien part is a Thelon. Will, I had to look this up. Athelan, do you remember in Return of the Jedi Special Edition when they added the extra backup dancers? There's like one that's a Rodan. Yes. Thelan is one of those. They were also in Clone <clears throat> Wars. Does she have the spots on her temples and the spiky Wolverine yep. here? Les, has, uh, Leslie Headland loved the magenta skin, flame-haired Thelan woman in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi and was keen to return to the species for Daphne Keene's character. Keen described her as David Bowie meets Star Wars. I have a little mullet. I have horns. It's cute. Daphne Keen was X-23 and Logan. Um, okay. Verne- uh, Rebecca Henderson is Vernestra Rao. Or Raw. She's um, a character from the High Republic book, so that's cool. Dean Charles Chapman is a Jedi with great hair. A Wookiee Jedi played by regular fuzzball actor Jonas Satamo. Carrie Ann Moss also playing a Jedi. Okay, um, this is cool. And then the good place is Manny Jacinto playing just a regular guy, trying to have a good time, who gets swept up into the High Republic world and the Jedi, whether he likes it or not. Um, and something that I thought was kind of interesting, right, is she said she wants to s- focus on, like she said her elevator pitch to Kathleen Kennedy was Kill Bill meets Frozen. But in the way that Frozen reimagined the Hans Christian Andersen story, The Snow Queen, and, you know, retooled it as a more ambiguous take on the antagonist from that show, mm-hmm. the acolyte wants to look at the bad guys of Star Wars in a different light, right? Um, very samurai-influenced influ- fight scenes. Um, the series looks to answer one question. How did the Sith infiltrate the highest echelons of the Republic without anyone even blinking an eye? The answer involves a lot of Jedi investigating a series of mysterious crimes. 
Okay. The show revolves around a former Padawan returning with her Jedi, reuniting with her Jedi Master, played by Amon, Amanda Stenberg and Lee Jung Jai. That's one of the guys from Squid Game. Okay. Uh, this one's. I mean, I've always been like I'm been excited for this one. This is the more it starts to come in focus, the more because it's going to be new. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the scenario, these actors. This is sounding like a banger. And I got to say, like, listen, everybody, just go ahead and prepare. Yoda's going to show up in this because he can. Right? He's alive. He's during got this to. time. He's and, a Jedi involved yeah, in, yeah, you know, the I, temple. I don't think he will he's be. He's a Jedi master. I don't think he's going to be a main character, but Yoda will show up. But besides Yoda, like, the possibilities of established characters showing up for cameos and shit That's is it. pretty small. No. What's all. Really? What's all, uh, Opo Rancisis or whatever. He's Okay. And maybe Yaddle, too. Yaddle. Um, and then there's there was one other one from uh shit the the very first high republic book there's another guy the guy with the real long neck that's on the jedi oh, castle yeah what is his name yeah oh i have no idea uh, he's got like kind of a divided head at the top like doo feces i think is his name i can't remember <laughs> but you know there's there's <laughs> a other there's a couple of other like long living alien species jedi you know, from the prequels. that I didn't know Oberensis was a long life one, but yeah. that's cool because he's one of my favorites. He's so interesting looking. I fa- yeah, the only he's reason, fascinating. The only reason I bring him up is I'm pretty sure he's in some of the High Republic stuff now. Oh, okay. So, um, how the Plo Koon? Like how? Um, no, I don't think. How he's long around. do they live? I don't think he's around. Um, let's see. What Phantom Menace Jedi Council members i have to find out that dude's name <clears throat> um long neck long neck tiny head no long neck tiny head no 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 not sacy 10 yariel poof <laughs> yariel poof is his name poof his last name is poof yariel poof opo rancisus <laughs> all right bro um so there, they also had some um, information on Skeleton Crew. Um, it said, um, but overall, they are kids who are looking for an adventure. To them, their planet is normal and they want more, but that's not always a good thing. The way Kathy explained Amblin to us was that they never thought of those as kids' movies. They just happen to have kids, so all the stakes are as real as possible. The kids think they're in Andor. So remember, there was this whole thought of like, oh, is this going to be like a younger, skewed show because when it was first announced they said they were going for that emblem feel you know goonies et so on and so forth um right but it's clear they're going more stranger things right right maybe not horror based but a, a show that's not necessarily meant for kids that features kids um and there was some more information about andor season two um, you know, mainly talking, the main things was, it seems like there's a scene with Mon Mothma and a bunch of aliens, which she's the, the actress Genevieve O'Reilly was taken aback by because there wasn't a lot of aliens in the first season. Right. Right. <clears throat> and Adria Arjona talking about how after being, having to go through like that psychological torture shit in the first season that Bix is going to be 
dealing with that, which, yeah, of course, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. They put her some for through some fucked up shit. So lots of interesting stuff going on. And then, Will, Urkel. Urkel enters the chat because Urkel goes to a hockey game and he says this. Watch this. Hands hiked up. Does that bring back some memories of being on that show? Ah, oh, it's great memories, man. Anytime I come to Canada, too, it seems like you guys just ate it up, so I love it. Okay, so people at home might be going, he's here, he's got an Oilers jersey on. What makes you an Oilers fan? You know what? One of your biggest fans, whenever he comes to L.A., he always invites me to your place. Yeah, the audio on that is tar- terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to pull the plug. So Jaleel White, who was Urkel in Family Matters, is a pirate in Skeleton Crew. He was in the makeup okay. chair for two hours every day and says the show will be coming out in November or December. Oh, that sounds good. This sounds real good. So this is He was the, also the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, you know what? When I was on Steel's show today, I told him the exact same thing. He was like, Really? And what? And then Steel revealed that he also likes the two Sonic the Hedgehog movies. It was a nice little bonding moment we had. Um, the dad from um, oh, The Fresh Prince, I think, was the voice of Robotnik. Oh, interesting. Uncle Phil? Uncle Phil. Yeah. Um, so if that's coming out in November or December, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because... We have Ahsoka coming out in August. That's going to be eight episodes, so essentially two months. And then Loki season two, I think, is rumored to be out in like October, right? So you can see where it goes. Ahsoka, Loki season two, that's six episodes, I think. And then, boom, skeleton crew to end out the year slash go into next year. Um, So that's cool, man. We still got two more Star Wars shows this year. All right, all right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and I think that's it. I, I don't remember any. Oh, something I'm very excited about, buddy. Fantasy Flight is uh doing a new Star Wars trading card game called Star Wars what? Unlimited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, I Sounds can't awesome. wait. Yeah, I can't wait to open some Star Wars packs, build a deck that I never play the game. Oh boy, <laughs> dude, that's like me looking at my Dungeons and Dragons books. Right. I was like, oh, it makes me so excited to look at these books about this game that I'll never play. I've I got to get to when that Star Wars trading card game releases. It's not till next year. Um, oh, we'll make it. We'll I'll, make. It. I'll play with you. You you might be pl- having to play with me via Ouija board, my bro. No sir. No sir. <laughs> Come on. Not having it. That's a good Ouija board joke. Not having it. So, buddy, no, no Ouija board joke is a good joke. Sure it is. That's that. And it was that one. That was a good one. Um, that was a good one. Last week, yeah, it was a good one. Um, last week, <laughs> we, we just proceed to argue whether that was a good joke or not for the rest of the, the, the episode. Um, last week we talked about the first five entries in Star Wars Visions 2. We had to cut it short because the episode was going a little long. Um, but 
Um, I did want to at least hit the the back half, the last four. What did you think of the Spy Dancer? The Spy Dancer. That was the one set at the on the Imperial planet with the lady who is a <clears throat> spy and also a dancer who finds out the Imperial officer dude is her kid that was stolen from her when she was a kid. Oh, 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 oh. right. The French one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. It was good. I, th- I liked it. The I thought s- it was good. The story of it is really good and honestly one of the stronger ones. Honestly, I thought the story in all of them were pretty good. This one had a strong story. The animation didn't necessarily do it for me, just style wise. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But it was good. I like that. I like seeing everybody's different style. I do too. Uh, and I thought it was really good. I thought the dialogue, the whoever did the voice acting, killed it. Uh, yes. Like, kind of made the performance. Very and like you strong. said, the story was really good and very Star Warsy. Something about that Star Wars, uh-huh. that story, very Star Warsy. Um, kind of dark, you know, but you know, Star Wars, you know, a little bit of dark, a little bit of light. Um, and the hope, the the note that it ended on was so hopeful. Uh-huh. Like that again, very Star Wars. Like it um, really, uh, it really had the essence of the assignment. Then the next one was the Bandits of Golok. It was the Indian one that was like CG animated. Um, to me, this is good. Probably the weakest. This oh, really? was to me the weakest of all of them. Yeah. See, I, I see. I disagree on that one. I like, for me, the animation I thought was pretty fucking awesome for CG animation. Oh and yes, it, it was. And it showed, like, it was interesting because it showed we're so used to seeing CG animation in Star Wars that looks like Clone <clears throat> Wars or the Bad Batch, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. while there was some stylistic similarity because it's in Star Wars, it also showed you a different approach you could take to CG animation in yeah. Star Wars, which I found refreshing. It was nothing like that, yeah. Story-wise, yeah. I also I, I do agree that maybe one of the weaker ones because a lot of it was visual and not story, right? But the visual mm-hmm. was on point. Like You see it coming a mile away. Yeah. Right? Like you now, see that shit coming a mile away. The design of the Inquisitor awesome and how he showed up with the purge troopers awesome right the jedi master lady who splits her cane into two lightsabers awesome right i was a little worried at first that it was just going to be like this stylistic lightsaber duel where it just did like like facial close-ups and stuff but when Mm -hmm. they pulled back and showed the actual duel i thought it was rad sick right Um, awesome also i listen i love like weird mystic shit so when she you know pulled the water back out of the well and there's like mm-hmm. the the door with the jedi emblem in it and it opens up right. i was like ooh, that's fast really good yep um i like this one quite a lot but it wasn't my favorite um hey, the little sister character it's basically a MacGuffin. you know yeah she, her it's it, she's there you know her speaking roles are almost irrelevant like you know it doesn't matter that she even had any like i totally know it so you know it's interesting because you said you mentioned the third one in the stars that the the young sister was annoying you a little bit and i was like that might just be your dad mode kicking in right like maybe i mean maybe um, 
the little sister in this one I got on my nerves a little bit for the same reason where it's like, dude, your brother is trying to protect trying you. to you get you out of here you alive, don't need to like, do the thing with the flute right now right yeah like the, you don't need to draw as much attention to you as possible yeah. please now listen flute it up when you guys get to safety i'm not saying never flute right. it up again right 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 but let's play it cool here right and um, reaching to grab for it with the force on the middle of a crowded train yeah yeah like did we not have this conversation before we got on the train? <laughs> like, I know that is my dad since acting up, but I'm like, come the fuck on. Are you trying to get your brother killed? Because that's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. I'd be lying if I didn't say I want. I didn't want to try all that candy, though. Damn. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, you... everything else about that episode is really good. No. You know, oh, I'm not I mean... trying to talk shit. Now, this these is just the these really specific elements, I feel like. When I look at each entry in vision season two as a singular just story and presentation i don't think there's mm -hmm. a bad one you right. know what i mean um, right some just you know don't they're not necessarily my thing for whether it be animation style or whatever it is um what they, they don't all hit the same right what did you think of the pit the pit um <clears throat> Now, interesting because this is the only short out of the group this time that's done by a Japanese studio. Um, it's also co-produced by Lucasfilm, which I think is interesting. Um, and the it's... pit is incredibly moving, mm -hmm. like incredibly moving, um, incredibly tragic, like yeah. incredibly tragic, but. You know, he proved, you know, inadvertently, he was right in the end. Right. You, you know, he, people will come help, you know. Right. It cost him his life, but he was, I didn't you know, see that coming. Like, I thought they just beat his, beat his ass up and threw him back in the pit. I didn't, I mean, it makes sense if you got thrown into a pit from that height. You ain't, you're not going to be in no. good shape. Um, no, that's splattered. Yeah, um. And that's so evil for the Imperial. Like, that's truly evil for the Imperials to be like that. And then to not just, I mean, so you're you are cold enough, you're just going to toss these motherfuckers down in the pit and then kill that guy tossing him in there. And you're not just going to open up on this crowd of folks. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I figured that whole crowd of folks was about to get iced and that was the moral of the story. It was like everybody died. Oh, now that would have been <laughs> but, real dark. Um, yeah, but no, I mean, it, you know, it's now, Star Wars here, like, you know. I was a little iffy hope. on this one. Um, I think I probably just, I mean, initially, at the end of the day, I thought it was very good. And, and like you said, moving and, and like, um, initially, I was a little flat on it because I probably put a little too much on this one, being that it was the most anime inspired you know it came from a japanese studio mm -hmm. so on and so forth right, right but right. once it's all said and done i thought it was very effective and it was good storytelling and i, I commend mm, the them story that it tells is very you know japanese well definitely about but, hope but also i also commend them for not going hard in the paint on sort of the anime aesthetic on this right like right they didn't right. you know like it still would have fit wonderfully in the first version visions volume, right? It would have worked just right. fine in there, but you know, it didn't 
it had some realism. Yeah, and it, it also, you know, I feel fit the tone of the other nine shorts as well. Like it fits right. in well with it this does. presentation. Um, what yeah. about uh, Awu's song? I'm probably mispronouncing that. The last one. Oh, song. Um, I thought that was good. I like that. I uh, I thought it was an interesting one to end on. Didn't feel like a closer. You know what I mean? But I'm I you know, I, in discussions with you, I feel you know I think about shows, right? The opener, the ballad, the you know mm-hmm. the hard hitter, the banger, you know, and then you take a break, and then you know the closer. Like this didn't feel like a closer, but. It was really good. Really good, and I liked it. You know, I also uh, kind of felt the same way about the closer last year, the Akakiri, mm-hmm. right? Now, granted, yeah. that one ended on a fucking dark note, right? With the right. Sith and everything. Right. This one, That's I thought, why I didn't know. was gorgeous. Once again, yeah. I love stop-motion or stop-motion-esque Star Wars is what I'm finding yeah. out. You know, we got three in this volume of visions alone and like mm-hmm. those three are highlights visually to me um in the stars i am your mother and and this one um you know like i like that it go plays a little fast and loose with the idea of these corrupted kyber crystals even though in you know quote unquote canon <clears throat> it's more of a personal one-on-one thing between a you know a dark jedi and their kyber crystal it's not like this mass bleeding of kyber crystals um i like that they play sis <laughs> showed up in force and had a dark a black mass yeah on the planet. listening to some ghost um and like how her song can purify these kyber crystals and how the jedi bring kyber crystals to them to be purified like i just i liked all of that and the way that like every character looked like they were made from like felt or wool like it had mm-hmm. a bit of that like Yoshi's Woolly World vibe to it. If you've yeah, ever seen those yeah. games, I liked that too. To be complete, yeah, the texture was very furry. Mm-hmm. It gave them the you know, like you would think that they were very furry. Yeah, like you'd be like, ooh, it was soft. These guys are all soft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, very bro. well done. Very well, well done. shot. The lighting of it, you know, especially for stop motion, yeah. very well done. I want to watch. The, I haven't watched the featurette, the making of this volume yet. They they released it. I need to check that out. Um, Did they ever do the like behind the scenes for Mandalorian season? Not yet. Um, the last season? No. Okay. Because I thought I assumed the, that was coming at some point. It will. The Disney Gallery or whatever for Mandalorian season. Gallery. Three. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah. They they seems like they typically wait a month or so before releasing those. Okay. It's coming sooner rather than later. Um, right. I'm looking forward to that. Let's listen. Let's listen to a jammy jam and hear from her friends. How do you feel about that? Oh, let's do. Oh, snap. Amen. Star Wars. Yeah, he went hard to the taint. 
Sometimes I wonder if that coach guy ever listens to our podcast. The the odds are so small, probably no. Um, but to have listened to the episode where we talk about digging in the Duke and then hearing that lo-fi remix, bro. I, I wish he could hear it. Uh, so, um, well, oh. the last time I was in Mississippi, which would have been Christmas, um. <laughs> My buddy Steven was there. Also Goose's buddy. Yeah. I've known Steven since I was five years old. We went yeah. to school together from kindergarten till we graduated high school. The same school. He knew the coach in question. And I said to him, hey man, have you? what's going on with coach so, such and such? Have you heard anything about him <laughs> coach, lately? Coach and, digging his dick. And he goes, oh, he's dead. Oh, Oh, did so, not see that coming. Was not expecting that. He's digging in his duke up in that great house in the sky. <laughs> Six feet under. Um, so we have an email from King Tom. King Tom got a little busy today and said he couldn't send a voicemail, but he put finger to keyboard and typed us out a traditional email. He said, hey, Halls and Will. Oh, Been a while since I've sent in an email, so let's hope I remember how to do this. I was super excited to hear about the acolyte character reveals in the empire article one thing i noticed is for a show about the sith none of the characters are identified as sith so what gives can we engage in some cock duty speculation the way i see it it can go a few different ways first one first one of these characters is a secret sith can you say that in a spooky voice oh shit I'll, okay i'll cut it out and go back first one of these characters is a secret sith would be pretty cool <laughs> what if there was a character introduced as a jedi roaming the outer rim but at the end of the season we find out none of the other jedi has ever heard of this character and they're really darth trinity secondly what if the secret sith will be played by an actor not officially introduced yet and if so who would you want to play that character what about michael emerson or terry o'quinn Forgive me, Terry. You're just such oh, a great actor. Oh Hands down, Terry O'Quinn. Anyway, those are my two ideas. What do you? Why do you think there's no Sith list or Sith on the list? Got him. Pluggy plug. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Your pal, King Tom. No, thank you for listening, King Tom. Um, yeah. I. Th this is the thing. I do kind of wonder if. I kind of wonder if one of those characters listed is, if not a Sith yet, will be recruited as a, th a Sith throughout the show. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the thing. 
given its time placement at towards the end of the High Republic era, I think it's very possible, nay likely, that Darth Plagueis could be a character or an element in this show. Now, if you're doing Darth Plagueis, Darth Plagueis's alien species is Mune, right? That is a character species introduced in Attack of the Clones with a CG character. So it could be, be very well possible that they're in this show and they are a CG character, right? Which in that case, just... it could be, you know, there's somebody on set for motion capture and somebody else doing the voice or something like that. Yeah, either that or they'll Thanos him. You know, like he'll look similar to an actor maybe. Well, my other question is, so this is the thing. That Darth Plagueis book is so beloved by, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of people that are fans of the, the Plagueis book, right? Um, it's, it's, in my opinion, one of the more popular sort of EU books. The minute a character of that species shows up in this show, like, all of us are going to be like, oh shit, that's Darth Plagueis, regardless of whatever name they give. You know what I mean? Unless you introduce the entire delegation, like at a Senate hearing of all of them. Right. Well, regardless, the minute, it, it could be a Star Wars cab driver on Coruscant that is one of those alien species. <laughs> I'll be like, that motherfucker's Darth Plagueis. Oh, that's Darth Plagueis. This is kind of what I think. I kind of wonder if we will see one of the main characters fall to the dark side throughout the show and the investigation into these mysterious crimes. And if the first season, because it's kind of been established that there's plans for more than one season of this show. If the season ends with Plagueis showing up as, in like a surprise last minute reveal to recruit one of these main characters as his apprentice. Palpatine is not going to be his apprentice at this point, right? Palpatine's a human. He's definitely not a young buck in The Phantom Menace, but timeline-wise, it doesn't line up for him to be in this show. What you're more than likely going to see is a pre-Palpatine apprentice of Plagueis, right? I kind of wonder if that's what we're going to see. And, you know, maybe it's a, a situation where there's more than one apprentice and they're sort of fighting for Plagueis's favor. I, I just, I don't think. You may not even, you could go through any number of apprentices yeah. and not even reveal Palpatine until like the end of the series, you know, young Palpatine right at the end. Yeah. I mean, this series would have to cover quite a few decades for that to happen, which they could do, right? They certainly could do that. Um, <laughs> but I just don't think that, or they go in the complete opposite uh, direction and just boom, episode one, there's immune. Oh, his name is, it's Darth Plagueis. And they just cut to cut the shit and cut to the chase. Darth Plagueis is on mm. the board. I just feel right. like, you know, typical TV shows, the way Star Wars operates a lot of times is that it would sort of be this build up to the reveal of him is kind of what I think. Right. Um, makes sense. Okay. So next up, we've got an email from Wesley. Dear Halls and Will, familiar face, new place. I'm experiencing a sort of Star Wars renaissance in my life, so I jumped over here from the High Potion pod. 
Blue Harvest is a really fun listen. Y'all are great. I have some thoughts about Boba Fett and seeing as Halls is possibly the biggest Boba Fett fan I'm aware of. This seems like the perfect place to air it out. I feel like Star Wars lately has misused our boy Tim. As a kid, I thought he was great as Django and the Clones, but at this point in his life, I'm having a little trouble seeing him as Boba. I almost think they should have used Daniel Logan for Boba, but I understand that Tim probably has to do it just based on cultural recognition. Don't get me wrong. I want Tim to get all the work he possibly can. I love that guy. Using him as an old clone in Kenobi was so good, and I don't understand why they haven't set him up as old Rex yet. That gold mine is waiting to be struck. There's a place in Star Wars for Tim to do his thing, but I don't think Boba was the right place. There are other factors, too. I think the mystery of Boba was always going to be hard to deliver on once you start to break the character down and show more people of show people more of his life. And as a symptom of this, I think that his characterization in Book of Boba was a bit off. I thought he was fine in Mando Season 2, though. Boba is a kind of weird character to me now, and Cad Bane has replaced him as my favorite bounty hunter. What y'all think? Give me the full breakdown on your thoughts on Boba Fett. Peace and love, Bully Wesley. Well, Bully Wesley, you just, motherfucker just showed up and bullied me and Tim Moore and Morrison all over the place because I, peace and love, disagree fully. You <laughs> he said, go, draw, partner. Draw! It's high noon. Um, <laughs> I'll say this, like, from very early on in Blue Harvest, like, in single-digit episodes, I was saying, when they bring Boba Fett back, if it's post-Return of the Jedi, I want Tamora Morrison to play him. Right? I Yeah. yeah. I, I remember this. 100% have been saying this. If they want to use Daniel Logan sometime, I'm, I'm not against that. But I think you need to use him in a pre-Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett story. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, to me, yeah. that's where that works. Like, post-Return of the Jedi, I don't want anybody but to more and more as I'm playing him. Um, this is the thing. Boba, when you look at him on paper, is a character who was loved because he looked so fucking cool. Like, the right. design of Boba Fett is a masterstroke. Is what and, and you want to know instant legacy. Yeah, you want to know why it's without such a master ma, a master stroke exactly. No backstory, all design. Yeah. Why is it so? Why is it a master stroke? Because we are now three seasons into a show based off of Boba Fett. The Mandalorian does not exist without Boba Fett. All the cool Mandalorian right. shit in Clone Wars doesn't exist without Boba Fett. It took Joe Johnston whipping up a banger of a costume for this guy to become instantly iconic. I am very open with the fact that the reason Boba became my favorite character as a kid is because he looked cool. He looked fucking cool. Right now that does, it's a tough nut to crack. So you do the prequels, right? And you introduce his dad, this concept of him being a clone, the fact that he sees his dad get decapitated by fucking Samuel L. Jackson in a Roman gladiator battle with droids and fucking big monsters and, and Jedi and shit. And he decides to wear that same armor. Yeah. Like just the psychological shit, you know. That, you well, know. I mean, I think that's probably, 
I don't know. Like, I like that. I like that it turns out that that armor was passed down from his dad. It's got No, this... I do too, but I'm just saying that carries <laughs> um, its, its baggage. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about character exploration. And, and then, depth. like, you know, you don't, like, he's he's got some arcs and Clone Wars that are really fun with him sort of getting his feet wet in the whole bounty hunting thing, trying to get a little revenge on Mace Windu. And then, you know, comics aside, just the, the stuff that your normal Star Wars enjoyer is going to intake, filmed or animated media, you see him for a few minutes in Empire Strikes Back, and then he falls in a big mouth butthole in Return of the Jedi, right? Not he. So I think when you say his characterization felt a bit off, my question is what characterization, right? Yeah, built right? off nothing. Yeah, right? right, like we don't have, because you have to take away any Dark Horse comics, any EU books, right? Those don't count. You have to sort of start blank space from there. Now, his What do you know about Boba Fett? He nabbed Han Solo. Right. So when you introduce him in a bigger role in Mandalorian, <clears throat> you got you to gotta throw in some wrinkles in there. Personally, I liked it. I liked the fact that they made Boba this, this guy that was like, I'm tired of getting fucked around by these crime bosses that just view me as a disposable bounty hunter. I want to make a life for myself, right? I want to I want to yeah. go about this a different way. I really enjoy older, wiser, kinder Boba. The backstory of him with the Tuscan tribe and stuff. I was about to say that's what did it. Yeah. His recovery with the Tuscans yeah. is what changed him. It it showed him how it, it he got to introspect and see that the way he was living his life was not fulfilling anymore. Yeah. You know. Like that whole experience in the desert changed him. Because you got to think, so if you he say, doesn't, you know, that's not the Boba Fett like before. Like, well, he went through a life-changing experience. He's you know. he's also not he's not a Mandalorian like Din is. He doesn't have a covert, so he doesn't have all his you know cult homies to hang out with. He's not a mm -hmm. Mandalorian like Bo Katan or Axe Reeves or or Costco Reeves or Axe Woves where they got their little crew. Like, he's kind of a like a dude out there on his own. It even seems like he doesn't really necessarily have much interest in the Mandalorian of it all, right? The importance of Mandalorian shit to Boba is the fact that his dad was a Mandalorian and had Mandalorian armor, which was passed down to him, right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> um, I, I, I really do like the characterization of Boba in Book of Boba, I also fully recognize and acknowledge that there were parts of that show that felt weird and off. And, and I don't know if that was production related, if it was director related, writing related. I don't know. But I, mm -hmm. I fully agree that things felt off. That's why we need a season two to iron that shit out. But mm -hmm. like, I love the fact that Boba's like, Oh, I'm I'm an animal guy. You know what I mean? Like he's friends with Again, the Tuscan dog, the Rancor. I love that. I mean, come on. Of it, all uh, character traits they could have given Boba, being an animal guy, that's extremely my shit. I and I know everybody's got some issues, but like I I liked it cuz it did, you know, what I what I like from Star Wars these days, it it pushed the boundary. 
right? It gave us some, it, it was testing, you know, doing different stuff, like doing not the same stuff. Like I liked the Vespas and the fuck the modders. Like I liked that shit. Like I liked the Rancor writing. Like I like that, you know, I like that. It, it, like you said, it could have been ironed out a little more. Like there's nothing that happened in there that I'm like, Bleh. you know, like oh, that's the totally feasible of Boba, Boba Fett. Well, yeah, right, okay, right. But that's and there is the argument that Boba Fett didn't spend a whole lot of time in the armor, but it made it so much cooler when he reclaimed the armor. Now I also could have done with a little bit more time of Boba fully armored out because, by the way, I love the design of the re-armored Boba. Like, once he gets his armor back from Din and he repaints it and he wears, like, the black uh, suit under it, I, mm -hmm. like, because once again, why fuck with it, right? Why fuck with one of the strongest character designs in Star Wars history? Arguably, I think maybe the only two that you could say were stronger pop culturally are Darth Vader and the original Stormtrooper, right? Like, just... Yeah, in in public perception knowledge, people see Darth Vader like the oh, there's a that's Darth Vader. They see Stormtrooper, they'd be like, oh, that's Stormtrooper. If you show them a, a snow trooper or a scout trooper or whatever, they might go like, oh, is that a? They're not. They might not necessarily go, oh, that's a scout trooper. They might be like, is yeah. that a stormtrooper? You show them Boba. Back Fett. in the day, it was yeah, C three PO and R two D two. I think, but well, they, that's a matter of personal opinion. I think Boba does is a better i don't know man because they're fucking classic too it's tough to say i'm saying the old people see the droids right like the young folks boba fett's a badass for the old folks they're like oh that's those metal people in the trash can man yeah no i mean that's the thing is like so much imagery and iconography from star wars is culturally iconic whether you're mm -hmm. a star wars fan or not you know it's and specifically the original trilogy because it's been around for so long. Yeah, and and I think it's had all, decades. You're starting to see some of that with the prequel stuff too, and it's been a slow thing over the last few years, right? Like I remember when we were starting the podcast is when I start first became aware of kids like our buddy Corey, right, who grew up. They were kids when the prequels came out, when Clone Wars came out, mm -hmm. and that is extremely their Star Wars shit, right? So, I mean, there's fucking clone troopers in, in Fortnite. They didn't get to it first. They got the classics out of the way first, and they were like, all right, clone troopers, and they look sick. All right. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Next up, we got one from Sam. Howdy, Halls and Will. Hope you all recovered from that live stream last week. It was a great listen. I was sad I couldn't join in, but my wife and I went to see Guardians of the Galaxy. I hope you both Hell get a yeah. chance to see that in theaters. It's a good one. I'm dying to see it. Anyways, my question this week has to do with Mon Mothma. We see her in the Ahsoka trailer, and she looks a lot like she does in Andor and Rogue One. Do you think they should have aged Genevieve O'Reilly up a bit or gotten an older actress? Understand that you couldn't have brought back the original actress, and a change-up would possibly confuse general viewers. But I wondered if that had if that had run through your mind as well. Either way, I'm still excited for that show, and I hope you guys are too. Keep up the great work, and I'll talk to you soon. Best wishes, Sam. So, no. Just to be honest, it did not bother me. 
Now, granted, we only see her in a hologram, right? In the Ahsoka trailer. Am I wrong? She's just in a hologram. So mm -hmm. if we see her in non-hologram form, you know, they might have put a little, like, gray in her hair or something. But the timeline difference between Ahsoka and Andor is not massive. It's like 10-ish, 11-ish years or something, right? Because I think Andor started five years before Rogue One. We know Rogue One butts right up to... Uh, a New Hope. There's three years I'm in just between saying. A New Hope. And let's just... This is Star Wars. She lives on Coruscant. Bacta exists. You don't think there's a cosmetic Bacta treatment to keep that skin looking fresh? Oh, well... You know, I, she's a fucking... I'll be honest. Genevieve O'Reilly has the... Um, has the look of a very pretty lady who doesn't age much. You know what I mean? Like it's true. Like, she has a classical beauty, bro. In in the last year, I've aged a hundred years. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like there's just some people that got it like that, and I could totally see her being one of those ladies that like she doesn't look that much different forty to fifty or whatever. You know? Mm -hmm. Um. All right. Uh. Plus, she's so good in the role. Uh, last up, uh, we got an yeah. email from our buddy Flory, and he says, Hey, Halls, no voicemail from me this week, but I wanted to share my Jedi Survivor progress. 62 hours. So, yeah, I'm sure I'll share my thoughts on the game at one point. Have a nice week, Florian. Our dude Florian 100%ed the game. First off, congrats, buddy. And it took him 62 hours. That's wow. a lot of game. The man, uh, that man showed up, flexed, and was like, peace. Yep. I got to tell you, man, I am lagging behind just about everybody I know, friends-wise, almost everybody that I know um, out of all our friends that's playing Jedi Survivor have already beaten it. I don't know many of them have 100%ed it, but a lot of them have uh -huh. beaten it. And I'm lagging behind, <laughs> but I'm enjoying every second of that game it is very i would say that's what's most important yeah and listen i plan on 100 percenting it it's just gonna take me a little while because i got other shit going on aka other games it's not like i'm a busy popular dude it's more like oh well do i want to give up playing street fighter and dead by daylight with my buddies on the weekend no is the answer. no gotta do that gots to do that all right, baby, buddy. That's going to do it, baby, baby. All right, buddy. That'll do it for us. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks for recording with me, buddy. Dude, thanks for recording with me. I had a blast. Um, so listen, guys, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. If you like the theme song, be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. If you want to hear more of me talking with our buddy Steve about video games, check out the High Potion podcast every Monday. And we will see you next week. Until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hollis Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>